0: This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Whoop, the performance tool that is changing the way people track their fitness and optimize their training through a wrist-worn heart rate monitor that provides analytics and insights on recovery, strain, and sleep. Learn more at whoop.com. That's W-H-O-O-P.com, and use code No Meat at checkout to save 15%. Hi,
1: this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete
0: Radio. Doug, I have some big news for you. This past, uh, I guess it was last week, in preparation for Mother's Day, I Mm -hmm. temporarily lifted my lifetime boycott of REI and (laughs) set foot inside the evil empire.
1: (laughs) You opted outside?
0: I opted inside to their store. Yeah, I opted out of my own house and then into their house, into their
1: thing. Man, I bet that was a magical moment for you. No, it was. It was a stressful moment.
0: I didn't like it in there. I I was... (laughs) I don't. It makes me feel nervous. There's all these weird people around that I don't, don't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone laid back, like, hey, man, like, kind of like, <laughs> yeah, man, what yeah, what are you up to this weekend? That sort of thing.
1: Oh, I uh, imagine that's super hard for you. Yeah. <laughs> it was.
0: <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think I was okay. I think I blended in enough. Didn't, didn't, uh, I was able to speak put the on, language. Put on
1: some plaid or, or anything? <laughs> <about that. laughs> yeah. Throw yeah, your beard
0: out? Rented a Subaru. Mm hmm. Good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, what'd you get? What'd you, what, what'd you I guess? went in there shopping for uh, hiking boots, I believe is the word for them. <laughs> <laughs> because Erin uh, wanted a pair of those for, for her Mother's Day or her birthday because they're very close to each other. Yep. And she often hikes with the kids. In fact, one of her New Year's things this year was that she was going to go once per month to some new place to do a hike with the kids cool which is good for me cuz i like to see them do that and i like to have you know a sunday afternoon where just kind of just me around
1: and it's good <laughs> um, cuz you do not like hiking i do not
0: hiking is one of my least favorite things that you can do i've done it a few times and i don't like it ever it's just not just not good i can i can get into running trails because then you're doing something you're trying to accomplish something the hike i just i don't i just don't get it but not to judge those who do that's okay mhm um so anyway, did that. It was fine. People were nice there. I, and and this happened last time I went in there. I was expecting it to be this, just, I have this picture of that company as this evil corporation in my head. And and they're really not. They're always very nice in there. You know what it is? It's because I talk myself into it. They have, There's a big billboard. You've probably seen this. The big billboard near, I think it's Route 40, or maybe it's Tunnel Road. Um, and it's their big thing, and it says, Day, in day, out, day yep. in, day out. Day in, day out. Day in. And then finally, they cross out the day in at the bottom mm-hmm. and write "opt outside" and then put their logo. And every time I see it, it makes me so mad that they just assume everybody thinks outside is better than inside. I just hate it. I just, it's like if you, like, it, it's just an attack on people who like indoors better. It's just, it's just like I don't like it.
1: <laughs> wow. I, yeah.
0: You're it getting really so passionate mad. about this. I I am passionate about this. I don't I I have no I don't mind people who like the outdoors better,
1: uh-huh. but
0: I don't like people who would go around say putting billboards that this is better. My my opinion is better than your opinion. Like if what if it was like Mexican food, Italian food. What if it was an Apple or uh, Olive Garden ad, and it said Mexican food, <laughs> Italian. What if you were and you were someone who really liked Mexican food, and it said Mexican food, Italian food, Mexican food, Italian, food, and then it finally said crossed out Mexican food. And said Italian, basically implying Italian food should be every night. Mexican food has no place in that. Opt for Italian food. Olive Garden. You would hate that.
1: Right? You'd say those people are... are. Just, I, I mean, they didn't cross out every single... I know exactly what Bill put you're talking about. Not, not every the single... The implication is,
0: let's cut out these things, these inside days.
1: Mm-hmm. The implication is that an outdoors company is encouraging you to go outdoors.
0: At the cost of insulting people who don't mind the outdoors that much, but like the indoors. You know, you know, Matt. <laughs> and we haven't even brought up the Black Friday thing, <laughs> which is my real reason for hating them. Because uh-huh, you love Black Friday. I love Black Friday. And that's uh-huh. a perfect example. They, they take this thing that some people actually like and say,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're going to make a big statement about how bad this is. Including probably many of their customers are small businesses that depend on Black Friday. One of which is No Meat Athlete. <laughs> a lot of their customers are probably small businesses who need Black
1: Friday. Uh huh. Yeah. They're a bad company.
0: That's what it, that's what it comes <laughs> oh my down
1: gosh. to. <laughs> and even I, Corporation. I, wow. You you said you were gonna you were gonna have a downward facing. I forgot to set it up like that. This
0: yeah. is this is my this is a bringing back of downward facing Doug.
1: Man, you, you said you were gonna do that and talk about REI, and I had no idea you were gonna be this passionate about it. <laughs> I thought that someone was gonna have you know made fun of your shoes or something, and uh, <laughs> or, you know said your plaid wasn't red enough. But um, man, I I had no idea, and I I just I gotta I gotta say I think you're way overreacting here. <laughs> well,
0: I'm playing it up a little bit, but. <laughs> But it is. I do have these thoughts when I go by that billboard, and I do legitimately get upset about it. You know what it is? I am a. I am a moderate in everything. I don't like people having opinions about anything. I like people just saying it's okay that you think that way because that's different than how I think, and that's cool. But I don't. You know.
1: But I don't need a billboard for it. Says the vegan activist to you.
0: Says the vegan activist who is not the typical one who doesn't.
1: That's I, true. I don't, yeah, like we talked about last week. Yeah, exactly. We don't. We don't like uh, to wear. A billboard around their neck about it, but you exactly. know,
0: I don't like to tell people they should be vegan. I don't like to say you should do this because I don't know if they should. I, I think I should, but I, I think everyone should do what what right for them. I don't like taking a stand. I'm spineless, I guess you could say. That's why I don't like <laughs> politics. I like to be in the middle. Uh-huh. I like to see both sides. Uh huh. Anyway, this was Man, all. This, this was going to be. Inco- this <laughs> went, this <laughs> went way down. This was going to be good fun.
1: <laughs> I just I'm, I'm like. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this. I'm just, I'm so caught off guard. You know, someone who goes to REI in his free time just to wander the wander. Is that what you do? Yeah. Every every Friday night, I go to REI. I I do want to say I don't I don't
0: mind the people who work there. In fact, I know someone who works there. I don't I don't think liking outdoors. Like I said, I don't think liking outdoors is a bad thing, and I don't think REI is a bad thing. Well, that's not true. I think REI is a bad thing. I don't think (laughs) I don't think wanting to go shop for that sort of hobby is a bad thing. That's fine.
1: So, all right. So, I just, I got to say, I got to say this, you know. Okay. One, one last little thing. Uh, okay. If you hate REI so much, there are dozens of outdoor stores in Asheville that don't have those. I know, buildings. and I went
0: to them all first, and they didn't have what I needed to get. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't have, have hiking boots? Come they didn't on. have a wide selection. <laughs> I went to, had to go to the big box eventually. Had to.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: that, that's a good point.
1: <laughs> well, I hope you became a member, so you at least saved 20%. We
0: are members. Aaron's a member. Mm. Or a, uh. What, what's their euphemism for member that makes it sound way better? That's, I guess that's not a euphemism, but <laughs> yeah, a bit of a euphemism. Uh,
1: yeah. Somehow we get a dividend each each year. Yeah, because we're all we're all I'm we're sure, all I'm sure part we're all owners in the company. I'm sure we are. The co-op, yeah, man. I'm sure <laughs> that's that's how it works. <laughs> you, you get a vote. You can, you can vote for the president of the company. You should, uh, you should run for it and then do a campaign against the opt-inside.
0: I think you're right. All right, we've probably spent too long on this.
1: I think we, I think we absolutely spent too long on that. it. And probably offended every single REI employee that we have that listens to it, which is probably most of REI. <laughs> I love REI. I just I'm going to throw that out there, and that's fine. I I no, like no, to no, support the local ones too, but you know, I just it, it feels good going in there to me. Makes me I have, happy. I have no problem
0: with that. You know what I did like what endeared them to me a little bit was uh seeing that axe thing and saying that they started when they were like a group of whatever, 19 ice climbers you know came together to order nice axes or whatever they are picks mm-hmm. You know that story about them i don't know that story yeah either. it's like behind the sales cash register it says uh, yeah. we started when people they got together got their money pulled together to get a good deal on picks or whatever they are yeah for climbing mm-hmm. and then and then eventually it grew into whatever and then it said something like we're now the world's largest co-op but we still hold those same values which i just found to be a funny kind of sentence because like nah, you just can't but maybe they do <laughs> <laughs> you are so negative, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. I, I don't know. This was all going to be a, a
0: good fun thing. We're gonna, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to bring back... So this is our, our quote-unquote 10th anniversary episode that we're doing. Uh-huh. Because Nomad Athlete turned 10 years old uh, in March, last a couple months ago. Yep. Um, but we haven't really gotten around to celebrating until now, at least publicly. And... We wanted to do an episode to sort of just go talk about the history of the podcast and where we'd been and where we were going. Well, not where we were going, but where we'd been. And we thought one of the ideas was, let's let's do a new one of every a segment we've attempted to do. Wherever we thought of a little game or something that we did regularly or tried to do regularly, none of mm-hmm. which really lasted, uh, we said, let's go back and do one of those. And one of them was going to be Downward Facing Doug, which is a great name for a segment, but turned out not to be such a good segment. Because... <laughs> He said it was Doug bashing corporations that he didn't like. <laughs>
1: yep. So in that way, it's, mine was perfect. I know it kind of fit in pretty, pretty well, <laughs> pretty well with that. Although, you know, usually mine's like a customer service issue, and it, it's it, you like move us on after about thirty to sixty <laughs> seconds. <laughs> but, but, well, anyway, what, what are you gonna do? You know? What are you doing? Yeah, so so we're bringing downward facing uh which was downward facing Matt today, and then yep. there's a there's a couple more that I guess I don't know. Should we tease them or should we just Trinkle, drip, drip them in there.
0: Let's just drip them out slowly as we do that. I don't know what you have up your sleep. I have none of those prepared, I don't think. <laughs> no. What did you eat last night?
1: Yep, that's a good one. Okay. That one's planned. With... That, was a, that was a good segment. We should We should always do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then Doug's Did You Know? Doug's coming did You out. Know?
0: Mm-hmm. Classic segment.
1: Yep. And we don't, then, we
0: don't have, you don't have a Matt uh, things Matt doesn't know, do you
1: things, uh, no, I know, you know, I always struggle with that. Every time I got excited about something, I was like, Matt's not going to know there's no way right You knew it. I did. Although that was like during the like short phase of your life where you were reading <laughs> up on politics and uh, that's and right. Videos. I think I had a
0: news resolution that was I was going to be more in touch. No, yeah,
1: it didn't work. then, then you're, you're spineless <laughs> <laughs> that's what it
0: was I probably got too upset about the, about news always being on one side or the other. <laughs> really i don't like that stuff
1: okay <laughs> i'd love to know what people think of you not like what, what? They, like not what they think of you but like what how what they picture matt in their head who
0: what sorry i poke up for a second
1: oh i i would love to know what um what listeners like when they envision matt fraser what what are they envisioning i hope who? they
0: picture someone who's perfectly moderate and doesn't try to push views anybody <laughs> <laughs> probably so probably <Yeah. laughs> Anyway, um, so what I you know what we're actually going to do for the bulk of this episode, we don't really know. We're going to talk about the history of this podcast. We're going to look at talk about some of the things we've just some of the fun things that have happened or or that we liked uh, specific episodes that are worth
1: quick revisits, um, and so on. Yeah. So but, I mean, I think we should start with the where the birth of this podcast.
0: Yes, we should do that, and the podcast was not is not 10 years old that's why it's the quote-unquote 10th anniversary uh the podcast started october 20th 2011 according to itunes was the first episode Mm. uh so that would make it what doug coming up on it will be eight years old this year eight years old yeah yeah seven and a half um but that's when it started it didn't really we had we had only two episodes that year five the next year
1: you only had two that year well i guess it was just the last couple months but yeah and Could five you? the next year wow, wow. so we're but talking you know about seven is, I-
0: there's i think there's one missing episode somehow that's not on itunes it's a secret robert cheek episode i don't know why i didn't get on there but the fourth episode on itunes says nomad athlete radio episode five so there was a there was a robert hmm. cheek one in there somewhere that is lost interesting know. it is interesting uh but anyway that was that was when i did it with ben benulis who was a guy who worked little did some nomad athlete work with me and then we said let's start this podcast and uh it kind of fizzled out he and i just didn't really make them and then ultimately he ended up um just going to do something else but it got revived i, th- I kind of thought that was the end of it and then doug you i don't think it was probably maybe you knew you were going to be moving to town to Asheville. did you already know that when we started the podcast when we said we're going to it? i don't think it?
1: so because we did it in, in dc for a little while for a while i would say
0: yeah we definitely did a few or several that were that were on the phone before mm-hmm. we started doing them in person, and they were probably so bad. Well, I remember once we I remember we sat down once trying to do an in person one. Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> the first ever in person one. And It was just so weird. It was that so we were...
1: weird. Yeah, we we scrapped it. I think.
0: Yeah, I just remember it was like an hour or two of kind of just doing it, and then maybe I don't. Yeah, maybe nothing came of it.
1: Um, yeah. Interesting little side note is uh, when you hired Ben, mm-hmm. I applied for that job, and you didn't hire me.
0: That is an interesting side note. Had we. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's right. that is right. I remember that. But had we, you hadn't started working at all with Nomi Athlete for the event thing
1: then. No, that no, I late. and and actually, um, I was because I, when we were working on tenth anniversary stuff, I was just kind of going down memory lane, trying to come up with some unique, fun content for uh, different blog posts and stuff, and and try found our first email exchange together. Mm-hmm when i applied for that job you had like posted something on uh on probably on the blog and just said right you know you know had a little description about it and you the we put together a wordpress the application was to put together a wordpress site and like talk about yourself mm-hmm. and so I, I sent that to you and i didn't get that job but in there i had mentioned doing some event planning stuff in dc and uh, and you said, you know, I've been thinking about an event. Maybe I'll reach out to you later. And a few, min- a few months later is when we reached out about mm-hmm. that.
0: Okay. So we had met before that, though, because we met at D C Veg VegFest. That's right. When you yep. came and uh, what would be the word for what you did to me in the parking lot?
1: I fanboyed? I don't know. accosted <laughs> costed. <I> costed. <laughs> you were leaving, and I saw <laughs> I saw somebody in a carrot shirt that looked kind of like Matt. And, uh, and I was like, I think that's Matt and Katie my wife said, oh, you gotta, you gotta go talk to him. I was like, no. And she's like, do it. And so I like ran over there, super awkward, <laughs> caught you. You guys are, I feel like you were like even getting in your car when I,
0: yeah, I think probably.
1: <laughs> and we, we chatted very awkwardly for a few minutes about your running and stuff. and uh, uh-huh. And then, yeah, so that was the first time we met. You probably thought I was an awful person but
0: (laughs) (laughs) no i definitely didn't in those days i mean and even now like when someone recognizes you it's cool right it's like Mm -hmm. it's it's it uh maybe not flattering but it makes you feel good makes you feel like you're doing something so that was good um i didn't didn't think that was weird at all but then and i think we must have kept knowing each other from blog comments and things like that
1: yeah i think that's true I know that that's true. Well, and like Twitter, we were, you know, we were Twitter people okay. and stuff so like that. Yeah. Because you you knew my, at the time I had a blog called uh, The Haysey. You know, yep. My name's Doug Hay. That's right. And in the, um, and it just kind of talked about everything random, anything I had on my mind. Um, and in the application that I sent you in that email exchange, mm-hmm. um, you responded, you said, I just realized your last name's Hay, and finally The Haysay makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, don't know, <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was kind of funny. You know.
0: <clears throat> anyway, so... You are who we have to thank for this podcast existing. Um, But that was not the only time it almost ceased to exist. Because So we did, I don't know, looks like maybe about 20 episodes or so. Uh, But then they were coming really slowly. We got to a point where we were doing only one per month. Or maybe that was the goal that we kind of revived it with. Yeah, that was how we revived it. We said about one per month. Uh, And I'm only getting this from looking at iTunes and (laughs) the dates. But um, we did that, and then at some point... I don't know if if we were slowing down from even that or if it just wasn't feeling like it was happening. Um but you can see very clearly like if you look at it, it's like one a month and then after April 2014 it becomes two a month for a couple months and then suddenly in September there are eight of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so I guess we decided we were doing two a week all of a sudden.
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's typical us, I feel like. Yeah.
0: And then and then two in October and then like six or seven in November. Wait, so there were again.
1: eight in September and then only two in October? Yeah. Huh.
0: So who knows what we were doing? But I, know, I do know what happened in in there before the September thing happened was when it almost died because it was sort of not happening. It was just we were not – we were doing it and we were fine. I guess we were sticking to our once-a-month plan. Uh, it looks like we were doing a lot of interviews as well. But we – it just wasn't seeming worth it. It was a lot of effort at that time because when you're doing something not very frequently, it just every time you do it, it's – a lot of effort and i went on this little this little soul-searching trip that i now and then will go take and uh this one i went to uh beaufort south carolina you familiar with
1: that town doug i am i'm headed out that way in a couple weeks okay not to be confused with beaufort north carolina nope no not no confusion good
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but anyway, I went there for like four days with nothing to do other than write, listen to some podcasts, kind of think about work and stuff. And I happened to read Seth Godin's book, The Dip, then. And his whole thing was about either you start something, you know, knowing you're going to stick through when it's not fun, or you don't start it at all. And he said, because no matter what, even on a project that is successful, you're going to go through the dip where it's not fun. Everything's going to have that, the bad stuff and the good stuff. So don't quit during that part because you don't even know if it's going to be good yet. Right. So I was reading that and then I I said, wow, like, well, a little too late for that because we already started this without making that decision. Uh, But I said, starting now, we should either really actually go for it and give it a good chance to go or we should just quit it. And the quit, it was actually the opposite order. I said, we should quit this thing. And I said, or maybe we should actually just really go for it and, you know, give it a chance to become valuable to us and become something that people like uh and so i don't know how the decision got made i probably i came home and talked to you about it and said hey like here's here's the decision but Mm -hmm. then we said we're gonna really do it and uh that's when i guess that was right before september happened probably yeah because we had none in august (laughs) yeah we had a month off and then we did all those Hmm. so um that's that's really the last time we almost quit it right yeah we that was 2014 Uh
1: uh-huh i think that's i think that's right and it's uh i will say that like as priorities and, and things have shifted with Nomad Athlete as a whole, and we've grown and we've expanded and focused on the academy and focused on, you know, all these different things. Um, the podcast has at least the past couple of years has just been a tried and true every single week, just about um, you can expect it. It's going to be either you and me or you and me and a guest. And that that has felt really good to have the consistency there.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way uh, because a lot of times so, uh, as everyone probably knows, my I mean, the started with me writing blog posts. Actually, maybe not everybody does know that, but it was just all writing blog posts. Writing was what I did, and what my work was writing. It was not podcasting. So, as the blog posts slowed down after three or five years, just because they kind of had to, uh, you know, that's when the podcast kind of got going. It never got going like full head of steam. It just started. It just kept going every week, just a new one. And so I often have this like pang of guilt feeling like, wow, I don't do any content anymore. I don't write anymore. And that's, you know, I I still like to have talked about this, but uh, it's just hard. And I I end up doing other work things. And I often feel like I don't do any content anymore. And then I remember that nearly every single week for the past, who knows how many years has actually been on this weekly rhythm, uh, we've put out a podcast. And I think that's that always makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> feel like I'm not not failing to be a good
1: can't. person. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so uh moderate person maybe, but uh Yes, exactly. No, no, I absolutely and um you know and it's just uh, the we we can we have a we have some insight into download numbers. <laughs> Oh, okay, I thought you were going to say just in general, just insights. <laughs> we have a little bit of something to say. I mean,
0: that's what it is. We have a little bit, and we also do a lot of talking about nothing. <laughs> that's true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, we have a little bit of insight into download numbers and that kind of thing. But you know, but really, like, we're kind of just putting this out there, and we don't know nearly as much as what we would know if right. we were putting a blog post out or something like that. And, um, but you know, that kind of feels okay. I don't know why, but yeah. for some reason that's a little bit freeing and and right, you know, it's, because we do know some people are listening and we know that um, advertisers are interested and that kind of thing and and so that, that to me is enough to like say we should to get excited about it. Right.
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm guessing. I'm starting to realize that we're kind of unique among podcasts because I think so many podcasts that have reached a level of popularity like that that is their business thing that that's their business Mm. platform and ours isn't like the podcast is this extra thing that we've done forever and it has become a decent sized part of the business as far as like like you said it's hard to know the numbers right we can see downloads but we don't know how many people actually listen i mean you can go figure things like that out but it's, it's when we've tried it's just you come away with very little actual insight Compared to if you go to Google Analytics, you see how many people view blog posts every day and how much time they spend on them and which posts they're reading. You know, I mean, you could just get much more information. And there's comments and there's links and all that stuff doesn't really happen to podcasts very much. Uh, so ours is interesting in that, like, we just kind of keep doing it. Like, like, even if we had – and I think sometimes we do have no advertisers for a couple weeks or months, right? We just Because yeah. we don't really actively seek them out very much. Uh But we don't really, even those times we don't usually say, "We're let's let's this isn't worth it. We're just gonna stop." It's just kind of this side part of the business that we just keep doing and that people keep listening to, uh, which is cool because I I really think that's that's the thing that uh, is most special about the podcast to me is when I go to events, whatever you know, the cruise or a vegan retreat kind of thing that I might be speaking at, uh, or just like the random interactions that you might have with someone who knows the brand. the people who are the podcast listeners are the ones who really really like and appreciate the brand and get it and feel like they know you and all that and it used to be that way with the blog but then once the podcast happened it just i don't know podcast people i think are are way more i don't know if passionate is the right word cuz you can probably be just as passionate and be a reader but somehow when when you get in the ha- and i know this thing too when you get in the habit of listening to somebody's podcast and you do it you know, for an hour or 45 minutes or whatever. And pretty much on a weekly basis, not to mention if you join now and you find 270 back episodes, uh, which allows you to kind of do it every day for a long time, you just start to really feel this this connection to the person doing it. I have felt that way for sure with notes in Spanish. You just you just feel this connection. And I think it's just from being having, having someone be in your ear for 45 minutes, it just feels like they're your friend talking to you in the car for a long time. Right, right. And that's probably what it is. So anyway, um, that's, that's what the podcast is to us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, that, is, that is what it is. it <laughs> is what it is. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Uh, but it's something we, I, it's something I get a lot of joy from. And, um, and I, you know, like you were saying, I just, there's, I, it's so cool when we put out an episode, you know, like last week's episode about, um, about going vegan There were a number of tweets that we got of people that, you know, appreciated our approach and it's just like, like a, a, you know, it's a vulnerable thing to talk for an hour about something and put it out in the world. And, and um, it just, it's nice to know that people can connect to that.
0: Yeah. And as we kind of said, maybe this is, you know, just stating the point too many times, but (laughs) without, you don't like, with a blog post, when you write a blog post that hits a nerve or that upsets people, you, you just hear all about it and you just, you just do with, with the podcast. It's just not like that. I don't know. I mean, you always tell me that we get tweets about it and I know we get a few, uh, but it's like, for the most part, I, I have no feedback into whether these episodes are working or not. Other than when I see people at, at places and they say, Hey, I really like the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, what's like you said, kind of freeing or something about it where like, you know, although there is that vulnerability of just doing it, once we did it 10 times, you know, it's, we just put them out now and like, I don't think about that episode again for the most part because I don't hear about it again. Right. And so
1: if you were, if you were pointing yourself out on the blog, you'd be checking for comments and
0: yeah, exactly. mm -hmm. And somehow it's just different. You just like, you don't do these for the purpose of seeing what the feedback is, which maybe is not the purpose of writing either, but it sure feels like that. Sometimes you you just do them.
1: You know, what's kind of interesting that I've never thought about before is these are, you know, while while sometimes we plan them a little bit and take some notes, but like they are so much less edited than a blog post. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and in a blog post, we're paying attention to every single word we're saying, especially on something that might right. be controversial or something like that. Um, and here we're not, yet we don't worry about it as much.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, that's true. I think probably it's because, to me at least, the people who I think will actually listen deep enough into an episode to get upset about something are people who have heard you for hours and hours and aren't going to be still listening if they don't like you or are the type of person who, you know, gets offended by you. Whereas with blog posts, I don't know. It just seems like anybody can navigate over that or find it or link to it, and then you get all these people who have never heard of you before and are suddenly reading or reading your stuff. Right. And right. it just feels like this is a more comfortable, you know,
1: environment. I think. Mm-hmm. So, anyway,
0: that's podcasting. <laughs> that's podcasting.
1: <laughs> so you know, I think we should revisit some of our. Um, I don't know. I picked five or six episodes here that I. You know, it could be fun to do a little update on or revisit in some small capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, we should, I think we should do that. Maybe first we should uh, take a minute to talk about Whoop, though. I
0: think that's a good idea. As the past few episodes have been, this episode of No Media Athlete Radio is brought to you by Whoop, the performance tool that is changing the way people track their fitness and optimize their training. Whoop provides a wrist-worn heart rate monitor that pairs to their app that provides analytics and insights on recovery, strain, and sleep, and even camping. Right, Doug?
1: That's That's right, yeah, we haven't we haven't I talked about my trip last weekend, but yeah. i went, I went to a music festival with my whole family, and it mm-hmm. rained for forty eight hours straight, um just mud everywhere, wetness everywhere yeah. but uh but whoop was tracking the whole thing, you know of course it wasn't measuring the the rain, but it was measuring my sleep, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, I only got five and a half hours of sleep the first night and I had 16 disturbances. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so, so my sleep efficiency was way down, <laughs> but you know, I thought it was kind of cool to watch it. And then like the recovery over the next couple of days as I bounced back,
0: that's what makes whoop so unique. It helps you know when your body is recovered or when it needs rest by getting to know your cer- your nervous system through heart rate variability and quality of sleep. It even has a built-in sleep coach that looks at the user's day and previous sleep performance and provides optimal sleep times to ensure the user is fully recovered the next day based on their performance goals. Whoop monitors heart rate 100 times per second, 24 24/7, to give you full insight into your day so you can optimize the way you train and it automatically tracks workouts and gives you strain scores that let you know how strenuous the training was on your body and see even more data like your average heart rate, max heart rate and your calories burned.
1: And when we when we went to the best shows, I can see it in my Whoop app. When oh, yeah, I got excited. Yeah, it's like, when like when the lights dancing took around. The
0: stage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just spikes. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, exactly. When the, <laughs> the luminaries hit the stage. No, like when I'm dancing around and my my I'm getting excited, heart rate's up. Yeah, you can track it right there in the app. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> Very good. To learn more about the band app and insights visit whoop.com. That's w-h-o-o-p dot com and when you're ready to get started use the code no meat at checkout to save 15 percent and help support the show that's right now you've had a lot of rain on your parades this year i have had so (laughs) many so much rain it's been like like, every time i do something big like it just rains didn't you have i mean i know it rained during your hundred miler a little bit Uh uh-huh but then during a maybe the training run you did it just rained cats and dogs all day
1: that's right I had a really, really super wet training run. Right, the hundred miler was pretty wet. I last time I went camping, which I guess was at the end of last year, it In that town, whole your hometown too. was
0: evacuated once this year.
1: Yeah, that's right. Parts of town were <laughs> evacuated. Man, I know it's been a wet. It's been a wet year. I've had a lot of a lot of rain. Yes, but you is. know, you know, so this is kind of an interesting. Interesting side note topic here. <laughs> and about the inside outside thing we were uh <laughs> you know we are at this music festival uh where it's only like 10 miles from home so we could have gone home at any time like and and we're with a couple other families and everyone in the back of their mind is like are we really going to make it through this thing or is everyone going to start bailing um but the kids just did great everyone oh, yeah. was having fun yeah the kids were just like into it like they didn't care about the rain didn't mm-hmm. care about the mud were just I mean, it was as if the rain wasn't even happening, um, and we we were talking when one of the nights after everybody went to bed, we were like, "Man, that was really surprising how how much they didn't care about the rain and the mud and all that stuff." And um, and we were like, "Yeah, but it was way better to be here than at home. We would have just stayed home and not gone outside because it was raining." And then you know, we kept, like asking ourselves, like, "Why is it that when it rains, we just assume we should stay inside?" Right. Um, whereas, you know, when you're in a situation where you can't really go inside, no one really cares that it's raining. Yeah. I mean, it would have been better that it wasn't raining, but you know, like no one really made a big deal out of it.
0: Of course. I agree with that. Actually. I think I've, I've wondered like when the kids get complaining about being wet, which they shouldn't, because like you said, they're kids and kids should just run out in the rain. But like, you know, in three weeks, we're going to be going to the pool and they will can't wait to go get wet. So it's not <laughs> that different. I know they're wearing their normal clothes and everything, but really it's not that different i mean it's 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 not like you're freezing cold i guess you could be but it's not like you you have to be it just there's no reason the rain is has to be terrible right and you can change your clothes yes but for life outlook attitude that yeah really important
1: and and what was cool i think was because everyone like you knew there was no escaping right you knew just you were gonna get wet right and you knew like yeah once you
0: resisting it it's it's yeah like a tree that never breaks if it's uh flimsy right Mm -hmm. It's it's the brittle thick tough trees that break Totally.
1: Like, the first time, like, for the first several hours, the mud just got increasingly worse throughout the weekend, of course, because there's thousands of people walking in fields that are mm-hmm. in several inches of rain coming down. Right. Um, but, you know, the, for, like, the first while, that you know, you're kind of tiptoeing around the puddles and, like, trying to avoid everything. And then there becomes this point where you're just like, screw it. I, there's no way I'm going to be able to avoid this all weekend. And it was so freeing to just, like, let it go and be like, I'm just going to walk Mm -hmm. in the mud and that's that you know
0: yes agreed so before there when there were no indoors that's that's how it was i think right you probably just you just didn't care yeah you just was no escaping ever so you just embrace it so anyway good argument for the outdoors and by the way i don't hate the outdoors (laughs) i really don't like if i'm going to a soccer game or something with my kids i love being outside in the in the nice weather and i can go Concerts, I can go to camping. It's just that I just get bored with these outdoor activities that people act like are just the best thing ever. That's that's my main problem with the outdoors. And my main problem with REI. <laughs> you know, to okay. each their own, you know. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. To each their own. We don't need to make billboards about it. We just just everyone has their own
1: opinion. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Enough of the REI. <laughs> <laughs> All right we're that's officially a, we have officially a, <laughs> lost all our future RAI sponsorships <laughs>
0: that's probably true that's all right all right so uh what else Doug? what let's revisit some of the episodes that you've handpicked as as our best and the ones that people should go listen to right now what well, <laughs> that's
1: not what i said <laughs> <laughs> i didn't I didn't say these were our best, but I was just looking through the list of you know our top downloaded episodes mm-hmm. um, and uh and just kind of. You know, thinking, oh, that would be interesting to revisit a little bit. And one of them was um, uh, improving ourselves. Are we improving ourselves too much?
0: Oh, yeah. That was a good one.
1: That was a good one. That was an interesting topic. Why don't yes. you recap it? Recap it in 30 seconds or less.
0: So our whole podcast has been typically, I think, about either diet or fitness or habits, all of which are sort of a form of self-improvement, particularly the habits, um, but fitness as well, and even the diet. And I read a book that I forget the name of by now. I, yeah, don't know. Uh, but anyway, and an article in I think the New Yorker, and it was about just how this whole self-improvement movement had gone off the rails, and like with now all the bio, you know, hacking and all the data we have, it just kind of has gone too far. And and the question was in this article that they asserted actually was that doing this is making us worse, not better, making us less happy, not happier and less fulfilled and all that. And so the, it just sort of shook me up a lot to to kind of read this and kind of believe it. And I read a book about it where these guys kind of did some experimentation. And anyway, uh, it was about that. It was also, it was questioning why do we even bother trying to make ourselves better? And it got some responses, got some emails sent by people, not not too angry things, but just people who were, you know, who were also shaken up by that idea, did not like that idea.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, how are you feeling about it now?
0: I, it, I would say I am definitely different it has changed me not that episode but that that whole you know week or two where i was just thinking about that reading about that like it has definitely made me feel differently about that stuff i I, we that is what kind of launched us into now going on a year or more um talking about doing things just for the sake of doing them. And kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, when there's no obvious future payoff to this investment you're making with your time, like, why would you do it? And we've, we've kind of landed on the answer. Like, that's the point. The point is to do things like that, because otherwise, why are you really here? Uh, So, you know, you could disagree with that, obviously. But I don't know, I'd say that's, that has become my attitude much more. And I still have lots and lots of things that I try to do for the future, obviously, um, because I like those things. But I have I have some more balance because of that.
1: I think I, I like that too, and and I come back to this that discussion and that kind of idea often. And I don't know that it's significantly changed the way I do things or or approach things, but it kind of allows me to uh, accept or justify doing things for the sake of doing them, like you're talking about, you know, and and just feeling comfortable with that versus feeling like I have to always be improving myself and, and always be doing something to you know get fitter or healthier or make money or whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. And this ties into some of the other topics we talk about on here a lot, like the blue zones thing and mm-hmm. the idea that, that that sort of attitude, that it is okay to, you know, yeah, of course you want to have a sense of purpose, but also this idea of being able to relax and have fun and be around people you love and all that. It's all really important to health too. So mm-hmm. yes, by the way, the book is called Desperately Seeking Self-Improvement, if anyone wants to. Go read mm. that, but start with the New Yorker article. Yes. All right, which we don't know
1: the name of. <laughs> yeah. I think it was co- something along the lines of "Are you are we improving oh, ourselves to death?" Or death or yeah, because like we
0: named the podcast exactly that, and we didn't know if we'd get in trouble for it. <laughs> no,
1: it wasn't exactly that. We changed <laughs> a few things. We thought about calling it. Himself, <laughs> right. um, I think it was. Are, are you improving yourselves to death? Or, um,
0: okay. Good. All right. Um, what's next?
1: All right. So this one, this one is not necessarily one of our top episodes, but. It, and it's fairly recent, but I feel like we um, we owe it to the audience to have a little quick update on this one. And um, Matt's quest for deeper sleep, we did a whole episode on things you were trying to do to be able to sleep better and the kind of uh, rabbit hole you were going down on sleep. And uh, then we never quit, we quit talking about it after that. So I, where are you asleep? And have you given up on all that stuff or have you found the magic potion?
0: So when I was in that, I was using the aura ring um so what i ultimately did was said i'm not gonna do the like check it in the morning like because i I was checking in the morning like it was like a like a hit right like a rush like to to see that it was like a gambler's kind of impulse uh and i think you i think you mentioned that you you know what that feeling is like Mm -hmm. um and so i I ultimately said i'm not gonna do that anymore in the mornings. Like i'm still gonna use the data and pay attention to it and let it be valuable to me but what i'm going to do in the mornings is think did i wake up for an hour last night, because I was in the point where I was like really stressing about even if I felt great after a night's sleep, I would be stressing about how much deep I got versus REM because my deep was just always night after night coming up really really low. So I was worried that something was a problem. And eventually, I thought if I'm feeling good after a night's sleep, if I actually sleep the night through and don't have an hour or two period at 2 a.m. where I'm just lying there awake, which is kind of my big sleep problem that just happens, um, then I am I am satisfied. So. That, I got to that point, and I started saying, I'm not going to look in the morning at, like, what actually happened. I'm going to look at whether, whether or not I woke up, and I will use that to determine which activities during the, you know, few hours before sleep and which, like, sleeping conditions are the ones I should be doing more of. And I kept a lot of things. I have the blackout curtains now, so my room is so much darker than it used to be. Uh, I have a weighted blanket, which I absolutely love. You ever you get one of those, Doug?
1: No, I haven't oh, got one of those. you got
0: to get a weighted blanket. It's uh, Actually, you know what? It's a I shouldn't say that. I should say the weighted blanket is for me, but I don't know if it's for everybody because it's not for everybody. Because Aaron hates it and my daughter Ellery hates it, but my son, Holden, he actually really likes it. So it's like this 15-pound blanket that you just wear. And it just feels like if you ever go to like a grandmother's house or something uh, and you sleep in their bed, there's just like pounds and pounds of blankets that are on top (laughs) of you. And I just always found that that really cozy. This, you get it without the heat because it doesn't really add much heat just wait and it just feels like a good hug all night and it just makes you sleep well so that has been a lasting thing for me and finally eating peanut butter a tablespoon of peanut butter at nighttime
1: uh Hmm.
0: and there's nothing exact about a tablespoon that just that's what i do i just scoop it out of the jar and eat it and that is what seems to make me sleep better and i have very very few nights now where i wake up for any more than you know two minutes wow it's is that
1: is that the fat what what is it about the peanut butter
0: I don't know. I mean, I think when people recommend that, I think it's because of the fat. I've heard people say things about the protein, but I've also heard that protein can cause you to have, uh, you know, more vivid kind of dreams that might wake you up. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably the fat. I don't eat that low fat of a diet, so I'm, I'm not really sure. But I do typically stop eating around, I don't know, 6 p.m. or so. Um, speaking of things that need an update, we need Doug's intermittent fasting update. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I, I do think, you know, of hit of 100 calories and a lot of it fat at right before bed maybe does make a difference i don't know but it mm-hmm. you know in my very unscientific testing where the only thing i was looking at was did i wake up in the middle of the night or not uh it turned out that was what was what was really working so i i am no longer stressed out at all by sleep in fact i just today i thought man i love my bed now
1: hey I I'm, I'm happy to hear that because uh, <laughs> you know what uh, we t- we did talk about it almost every week for a little while mm-hmm. um but what the listeners might not know is the conversations we had Hopefully they don't know because they were between you and I. But um, <laughs> I, I, off the off air, and uh, it was really stressing you out. <laughs> yeah. I, I was kind of worried about you. I'm not going to lie. I,
0: it was stressing me out really. I'm I I am worried about you know. I just know how I respond to those kind of things. So now I'm a little bit I'm a little bit uh, you know just cautious before I get into knowing more than I want to know.
1: Okay, speaking of sleep, <laughs> I want to talk about the morning because we've done a couple episodes on morning routines and most recently i think was the rethinking our morning routines episode um which i actually don't quite remember what we were rethinking (laughs) 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 but uh morning routines are are something that i have always tried and failed at Mm uh and i'm I'm, i think i'm I'm starting to figure out what works for me um Mm -hmm. so i have a little bit of an update here but um I'm. I'm just curious. We haven't talked about mornings in a while. I'm. I'm curious uh, if your morning routine has shifted at all.
0: Uh it has because I don't really have one that is at all deliberate anymore, hmm. which I'm partly embarrassed about. Not embarrassed, but just ashamed to not have that. When in the past I've viewed it as so important or such a good opportunity. Um, I don't know. Like you, I'm. I kind of. I don't know. We. I mean, I've changed over the years a whole lot, and I. I very much believe in this thing that that if you can do it without being without it becoming an excuse to be lazy um I I just think there are times when you just need different things in your life at different times and mm-hmm. uh, yes maybe some people have a morning routine that they do every day and they never miss for 5 years in a row but I would say that that person like that's great and and probably did you more harm than good but I bet there was a period in there when you might have been better off not doing that morning routine had you been able to keep it up, right? When when you mm-hmm. could have used the relaxing of that pressure to get that done. I don't really know. But I I I have a I wake up when the kids are going to school, I have a cup of coffee first. And recently I've been doing the language thing. So I, I do review flashcards and do a little bit of reading and do other app things with languages. Um I do that for like the first hour. But that's it. I don't have any there's any more structure. I don't have any meditation, you know, requirements or anything. I'd like to get back into meditation but just found it very hard for me to do so right now i'm just not struggling i'm just kind of doing what feels good
1: yeah how about you yeah i my approach is kind of um against a routine in some ways Mm -hmm. uh well not not necessarily but against the natural routine for me which uh in the past has been to try to be like really um efficient not efficient really uh uh, not effective either. What am, uh, To get a lot of things done. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Productive. Productive. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the morning. Um, and I think, for, so for the first time since Eliza was born, for sure, um, I am waking up before her and waking up, uh, you know, on my own. Mm-hmm. I used to do this when I lived in D.C. I used to wake up really early and read the paper every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be at work by eight o'clock, uh, like at my desk by eight o'clock. Right. Right. Um, and since then, uh since I moved here, my mornings got a little bit later and then we had a baby and the nights just kind of all shifted. Yep. But now, for some for whatever reason, my natural body has been waking me up at six just about every day. Um and at first when that started happening, I was waking up and pretty much, you know, checking email right away and trying to get things done before Eliza woke up and that kind of thing. Um but now what I've kind of decided is that I need to not get on social media. I need to not get too into emails or anything like that. Instead, take some time to make some coffee, take some time to, you know, sometimes write or do something like that. But, you know, if I have something that I just want to, if I'm feeling creative and want to express myself or go for a run or, you know, just do things that, um, not jump right into what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Right. Take, take a few minutes to, um, do something that's whatever is enjoyable to myself or whatever seems like a good idea at the time.
0: Yeah. I think that's super important because I, I definitely gone through phases and I imagine everybody has where you, you think you're going to start your work email as your first, you know, 15 minutes of the day or do whatever. And then it just turns into the whole thing and then you're just working. And then right. now, now you've your whole day has been work and you didn't do anything fun or valuable. Mm-hmm. I think the exception to when, you know, or the exception to that not being a good idea is when you're super passionate about work and that's the first thing you want to do when you wake up because i've also been in that phase and i loved that and i wouldn't want to do anything else but dive right in so i think that's good i think i think it's you know if you're not in that kind of
1: season right now which i think is good not to always be um <laughs> you Although know you wish i probably was right <laughs> no <laughs> no that's that's not what i'm saying but you know it's like uh, i don't know i just i think it's good to i don't know right you're right i mean if if you're really like just over the moon excited to get to work every day Then starting and working for the next 10 hours is totally fine um, and great. That's awesome. But, yeah. you know, it, it feels good to me to get a run in or to even just sit and have some coffee and listen to something or not listen to anything Definitely. at all um, and kind of start my day that way.
0: Yep. I like social
1: media is a big thing that, really? like, oh, my God, like not doing that in the morning and not doing that at night has been really good, really positive thing for me.
0: Hmm. I didn't know people did that in the morning. I thought it was a like nighttime behavior.
1: It's just, a oh, man, it's just a behavior. It's just you pick up your phone, and you just, huh, I wonder what happened overnight, you know, and you just.
0: Mm-hmm. Just get rid of the apps. You just don't even have, need to have them on I night. got rid of Facebook. Oh, did you?
1: Okay. Well, from my phone. Yeah, okay. right. So you
0: can still go on the computer if you need to, but then it's mm-hmm. just not on your phone. Yeah. Good. Good. All right. So that's our morning routine update. By the way, I I want to say something. I don't I don't want people to interpret what I just said as I don't think there's a place for you know discipline in morning routines and and making yourself do something hard in the morning because I totally mm. do and I can totally see myself three months from now getting into uh, Jocko Willink or whatever that guy is who where where he wakes up at 4:30 and says this is how you like own the day and all the competitors aren't doing this and you're stealing your mind, callousing your mind like. Uh, that other guy says <laughs> David Goggins, um, you know, like I'm gonna swing back in that direction, I'm sure. And, and I think that that's that's my point. There are times when that's exactly what you need, and then I think there are other times when you don't.
1: <laughs> fair, fair, I agree. All right, I got one more, one okay. more to revisit here.
0: Was that five, or will that be five?
1: Uh, one, two, three, four. That's will be four. I'm skipping okay. one of them i I said there was nothing else to add to it. <laughs> okay. But we can do it anyway if you want. But what I was going right. to do was the, uh, is it possible to be 100% vegan? Because I think that was a super interesting topic, and mm. um, some, but, but I don't know what else we would say on it. So, I don't know. I thought that was an interesting discussion that we had quite a long time ago about whether or not it's possible to be vegan. We should, should
0: clear it up so people don't think that we are deliberately not 100% vegan. I think we probably talked about the way that you can't drive a car if you want to technically be right. no animal products in your life whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Because they're, who knows, the lubricants or whatever. You just, you just it just is. Um, I, was that was that our point? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know? yeah, that that was part of it, and then also just like, uh, yeah, no that that was that was pretty much it. Just like how you know the whole you can't really be vegan thing that that non people some, can, yeah people some, say
0: that as a reason why you shouldn't because you can't be one hundred percent. So they say why mm-hmm. are you, why are you trying to call yourself a vegan right?
1: yeah exactly so that that was what it was about um but of course we are 100 we eat 100 vegan um and buy our clothing 100 percent vegan you know try as as much as we can to live a 100 percent vegan lifestyle
0: including vegan cars
1: including <laughs> that's why that's why i walk everywhere <laughs> in my vegan shoes
0: yeah there you go that's the way to do it you just have to not have a car
1: because mm-hmm. probably bikes i don't know never thought about it before but bike tires you know, are they vegan
0: lubricants who knows I don't know. That's why we need an episode about
1: it. <laughs> do an update. <laughs> do a little more research next time. Anyway, so that was one I decided to skip over. The last one that I wanted to bring up was uh, what we're feeding our kids. What do we feed our kids? Because mm. when we did this, my kid was just beginning to eat solids. And uh, your kids are getting pretty old these days.
0: They are. They are getting up there. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellery actually had a, had a tooth pulled today. Oh. She had... did. I probably never said it on this podcast that she had she had an extra tooth coming in. What? Did you know that? No. Yeah, she she lost a tooth really early, and then had a tooth that was coming in, and it was super pointy and weird. And now that it's pulled, it's like an, half an inch long. It's the weirdest tooth I've ever seen. Um, that we were kind of hoping that it would somehow get pushed out by the correct actual teeth, but it was not on track to do that, so it had to be pulled today. Interesting. Yeah, which is just the only reason that came up with old was she just turned six, and I was thinking. That that pointy tooth was like her, her during age five. She had that. And now it's now it's gone with her birthday.
1: And I bet is there, is her mouth numb? Are you doing the whole like drink water and let it spill thing?
0: No, but she fell asleep on Aaron today and drooled blood all over her shirt.
1: <laughs> well, that's not nearly as fun as I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sad poor, uh, poor girl. Okay, so
0: I see what you're saying though, and I didn't I didn't know that was a thing, but I I get it. You drink water and it just spills because you can't control it yeah
1: uh-huh and it's fine, and then That's everyone laughs money. at you and it's you can weird. laugh at yourself hopefully yeah.
0: <laughs> it's good anyway so uh what are we feeding them she still eats she still eats super clean cleaner than anybody in the family as we said she eats like piles of beans and like a little pile of rice over here and the vegetable she wants cabbage she'll have cabbage for breakfast sometimes with balsamic vinegar on it I, <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing like just, just straight up, you know, chopped raw red cabbage and Whoa. doesn't want any dress. Doesn't want creamy things. Doesn't want sweet things. Doesn't like things that are overly salty. She just, she just eats like you're supposed to eat. Like I wish I could eat. Um, and my son is much pickier cause we were vegetarian, not vegan when we had him at first. And also so new to all this that we were eating all like the Gardein fried chicken, you know, chickenless fingers or whatever they were. Uh, so he definitely developed a taste for food that is not as healthy. Um, still eats really well, but he's just, he's just a little bit more challenging to get to eat the foods we want him to. Um, and, and we've also realized like for the first six years of his life, we were bending over backwards to like make the foods exactly the way he needed them to be to eat them. And then we started to realize how we had created this picky eater and we are like, well, we're going to stop doing that. So now he just has to sort of eat what we make and it's okay. It works fine.
1: Well, that, so that was going to be one of my questions, which is something that we're, we're kind of at a point with now with Eliza's, um, do you make a separate meal for your kids or do they just eat anything in uh, what you're eating? And also are you adapting what you're eating for them? Yeah.
0: It's more of that, that we sort of temper our food so that it'll be something that the whole family will eat, which means typically making it not as spicy. Uh, if there's a, if there's a thick sauce or something that's going to bother them, we'll, we'll keep it off to the side or we won't make that meal. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we try to be fair. What about you? I know Eliza was, going through a shopping in the garden phase, recently eating peas, you said.
1: Yep, frozen peas are still her favorite, mm-hmm. uh, her favorite food. And the garden thing is already, like so we're just planning things now, you know, we're just getting things in the garden. But um, there's some greens in there, and there's just like the way she approaches kale, for example, mm-hmm. um, that she's pulling from the garden is completely different than if we were to just give her kale <laughs> from yeah, the refrigerator. Right, right. And I mean, she'll just like eat, she'll eat like a whole like long kale leaf um that she pulls from the garden but she will like if you just serve it on a plate she'll be like no kale no kale (laughs) right right (laughs) it's like it's the same thing so it's just it's wild it's just wild how that is but she has been very involved this year in planting and the gardening in general um which has been fun so i think that this is going to be a really good year for that uh I'm, i'm excited for that um yeah but when when you know what has been a game changer for us and i you know i think that these are pretty healthy they're you know, oftentimes just two ingredients is um Ooh. those like what is no,
0: it i don't i was gonna say bars, but i'm wrong
1: nope not bars. okay um is the like a uh, chickpea pasta mm-hmm. and like um just the the there's like a bean edamame pasta that she eats yep um, these are in a lentil pasta, red lentil pasta. Yeah, We get
0: a great one from Trader Joe's, a red lentil pasta.
1: Yeah, we get that one too. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, those have been game changers cause she loves pasta and she was just asking for it all the time. And we were just giving her a lot of pasta and right. then she would just eat that like, you know, with very little sauce, very little anything with it. And, um, and it just, it, that didn't make, that didn't sit well with us as that being a, you know, our primary source of calories. So, right. Um, but this uh, these bean pastas have just been so good.
0: Yeah, definitely. Love them. That's We've found those to be just as useful as you have. With Holden, he doesn't really like beans. He won't do whole beans, just the texture. Uh, but we can give him bean pasta, and he's all about it. So it has been a great way to get kids to eat beans. And like you said, just a good, a nice thing. I have no problem with eating wheat pasta. Uh, usually we do whole wheat, but I wouldn't want that to be the all the time thing. And I don't. I feel badly if we make that and sauce for the kids multiple nights in a row. Right. Uh, so, but to do it with, with a bean pasta, I don't feel so bad at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Eliza does, she eats quite a bit of beans if we put a little bit of dressing on there. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and, you know, usually there's some oil in the dressing, but, um, but she'll just eat like chickpeas with, with some sort of dressing on there. uh uh-huh. She's into that. Yeah. Do you ever worry about um, when they were this, when they were, our age or not our age when they were eliza's age did you worry about getting enough fat
0: i still think about getting enough fat i wouldn't say i worry about it but like a whole lot of meals will just tend to show up on their plates with no fat on the plate or at mm-hmm. least the only the fat that is naturally in in vegetables and beans grains which is not very much at all right um so we just make an effort to make sure there's always a fat on the plate
1: okay that is something that that has been been uh Worrisome to me recently. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's, when you try, if you don't, if you cook with oil, then it's you're getting plenty of fat in there. That's not usually going to be as good, or almost ever going to be as good as whole food fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's quite easy though to make meals that that are ne- essentially fat free if you're not using much oil. Right. So we like we'll just a lot of times our kids will have a normal dinner like that, and then they'll just have a big handful of nuts with the dinner, mm-hmm. um, or. I don't know. We have like a vegan cheese sprinkle that we use, which is like just made from nutritional yeast and mostly cashews. Um, so if they eat a couple of tablespoons of that sprinkled on their stuff, then that's... What, pr- what brand is that? We just make it. It's oh, just you make it. three quarters cashews, one quarters nutritional yeast, and then a little bit of salt and garlic powder.
1: Mm-hmm. Just blend it up. And
0: uh, that works well. Hmm. Avocados are good. Ellie would do those. Holden won't.
1: Yeah. Liz is not a big avocado person. You gotta start growing them in the garden. <laughs> we should. Yeah. No. I don't know. That, that's like the one, the one area that uh, does concern me. Because the last time, you know, it'll just be right or like raw beans and and uh, and peas, and then like a pasta or something like that. That, um, yeah. you know, and that's a you know pretty healthy meal, but there's not a ton of fat in there.
0: Yeah, I think particularly at that at that age, that's the time to definitely be thinking about that. So mm-hmm. good that
1: you are. All right. Well, that's that's all the updates I got. Good.
0: Well, we, so we have a few ideas for new episodes. We could do a kid nutrition episode again, Doug, just me and you. We could. Like, not, not a not a what to feed your kids, but a practical tips. Mm-hmm. Be good.
1: Matt, right. did, Matt, did you know?
0: Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> Here we go, Doug. So you're,
1: you a, know. You're, a, uh, you're a squirrel guy, right? You're, you're pretty into squirrels.
0: Uh, if we're doing bird watching, I'm not into squirrels at all. But uh, I don't mind the squirrel species. <laughs> or family or whatever they are probably not one species. Uh-huh.
1: Um did you know that uh up until the uh, the late 19th century you couldn't really find squirrels unless you were deep in the woods?
0: No, I did not know that.
1: Yeah, that um that they avoided cities and towns and in populated areas uh uh-huh. in part because there we didn't have like a bunch of green spaces and things like this. Uh-huh. Um and they just didn't thrive very well, but Uh, when they, they start, so they were, uh, they were treated as like a delicacy, not a delicacy to eat, but like, uh, like something that only a pet that rich people would have. Oh, really? Yeah. And, um, and it was like a really big deal if you saw a squirrel or if you had a squirrel. Um, but there were some cities that started because it was such a big deal and because people liked them so much, some cities like Philadelphia and New York started trying to introduce them into the city. Um, yeah but they would just, the predators were too, too big and they would, you know, the vultures and stuff would get eaten. So, um, would eat them. So what happened was people started then killing the predators Mm -hmm. to make way for the animals that they thought were kinder, more gentle animals, like, uh, Mm. like squirrels. And then they started thriving and then they, now they're overpopulating and all that (laughs) stuff, (laughs) you know? So, but I thought that was interesting that, um, you know, that they were so hard to come be- to find you right. know, back in the day. And now they're everywhere. And the reason I bring it up is because my neighbor now has a pet squirrel. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wow. They rescued a squirrel and now it's friendly. Oh, they and rescued it? They rescued it. And right. it comes in and out of their house and they feed it. And it like sits on their shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I didn't know anyone did that. I didn't, I I didn't know I, it could be tamed like that.
1: I, I didn't either. Um, And it freaked me I mean it really freaked me out it came up uh it came up we were uh eliza we had a little swing in the backyard eliza was swinging and it got on the tree and um our uh, uh our nanny was here and um it like jumped on the nanny and we all started freaking out because we were like oh it must have rabies right and it's like uh, christmas
0: vacation <laughs> yeah exactly
1: started freaking out we thought it had rabies i called the like animal control people and all this stuff, it didn't bite or anything. But you know, we were just, you know, and I was trying to report that now when there's this squirrel that has rabies in our yard. Um, and lo and behold, the next day, uh, my neighbor comes walking through the yard or through his yard, and uh, there's a squirrel sitting on him. And I'm like, oh my god, that's a squirrel! <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, uh, yeah, they, I, they didn't like purposely tame it. I don't think it just kind of naturally happened. And as they were feeding it and taking care of it, and now it comes and goes.
0: Wow, interesting.
1: So, it's did a, you know? So, know. That, that was, uh, and, and then, you know, so I learned about that, and then, or, or I, I had that experience with the squirrel happen, and then I just listened to a podcast on the history of squirrels in the United States. Oh, yeah? 99% Invisible, to did an episode. Okay. Um, called Uptown Squirrels, if you're interested in that. It's an excellent episode. Good. And there you go.
0: Interesting fact, Doug. <laughs> I, I did not remember that. No, I'm impressed. That's a Thanks. good one. Thanks. If they were always that good, we wouldn't have done away with Dugs Did You Know. <laughs> yeah. I that's thought it true. was gonna I thought when you were going with the they could only be found inside the forest that you were gonna go back to the old poison ivy as the protector of the
1: forest. Oh yeah. Turned
0: out to be false. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I think was the first Dugs Did You Know it turned out It was. To be false. I was really excited about it. It was debunked.
1: It. Yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: So good. Uh I think that's all the all the segments we have, right? But I mean
1: anyway. Well what'd you eat last night?
0: What I ate last night, so I made, two nights ago, I made, from you know that book that I talk about, have talked about, uh, it's called Vegan for Everybody, or Vegan for Everyone, it's by America's Test Kitchen? Yeah. It's one Mm -hmm. of my favorite cookbooks, and I just randomly found it on the deals table at Barnes & Noble one day. Um, I made Thai red curry from that. Mm. So it's tofu with uh, red pepper and carrots, and then you just use a red curry paste and coconut milk, And I made that, and so I had some leftovers of that, heated up some rice noodles. Uh, It was a weird kind of night. Everybody ate their own thing last night because we had soccer tryouts and gymnastics and all this stuff. So we were just coming and going, but that's what I ended up eating. Hmm. We also
1: had a weird night last night. I had band practice, and then Katie had a meeting until like 9.30. Hmm. Um, And so she just threw together something while I was at band. And um, it was just very, very simple. It was kind of one of those things that we talked about. Last week or, or a couple weeks ago, um, it just roasted veggies. She just took a couple like sweet potatoes and onions and some beets and roasted them. Mm-hmm. And then we had rice and then like a big a bunch of greens and uh, and that was about it. Wow! Um, what was the was there any sort of bean in there? I don't even think there was a bean in there.
0: Doug, it's one of the seven foods worth eating every day.
1: I know. <laughs> I'm sure I had beans yesterday. There might have been. There might have been beans. I don't even remember. Did you eat any bean pasta? No. No. Well, brown rice, there's some protein in there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um yeah, so that was it. This is a pretty pretty boring uh pretty boring meal. It's boring, but it's instructive to hear
0: that. I think we should, I I think we should keep doing the uh what you eat for dinner last night segment. I like that one. It All makes right. it it makes it just brings it back back home, you know? Makes it uh mm-hmm we can we can talk about this up in our ivory towers of what you should be eating and all the latest research but but what did we actually eat last night?
1: yeah exactly
0: most nights it'll be vegan meat veggie
1: burger <laughs> and and, uh, and corn chips <laughs> <laughs> no
0: in fact it'll be a good, a good way for us to, to show the true frequency of how often we eat that kind of stuff and maybe yeah. maybe we would learn that it's too much I don't know doubt it
1: <laughs> but anyway you're right we should do that
0: good um all right so we were gonna do i I don't know if you're you're ready for this we were gonna do what's kind of the if if there's like one takeaway sort of thing that you've learned in seven and a half years of podcasting now Mm -hmm. or what has it taught you or what have you noticed like what's the what's the thing for you mine is even more obvious to me than when i thought it at the beginning of this episode now that we've talked about all this and it's that at the time we did all these episodes, I remember we did one about jazz drumming <laughs> and how that was so important and had to do with something. We did one about the fruitarian thing. Yep, we've done intermittent fasting, we've done ultra marathon training and running stuff about running in general, and we've done how to make habits and morning routines, and we've like. Do I actually do any of it now? I mean, I, <laughs> I <do. laughs> but but where I'm going is not that that's a bad thing. Mm. I, I have the, I, from like I think you can very easily go through life, like and I have uh, doing all these things, kind of just following your nose, if that's the right metaphor here, and just sort of you know, kind of I don't want to say chasing shiny objects, but like. You just keep doing things. And each one of them seems like it's the most important thing. And this is the new thing of you that is now going to last forever. And this is the new way you are and the new hobby that you can't ever imagine yourself dropping. It could be that maybe I'm just someone who does that a lot and, and, you know, doesn't have much patience for those sorts of things. But I more have this perspective that just says, like, whatever is happening in the moment kind of isn't, isn't like that important. Right, it it just I just I really believe that, and and I think I don't know I think I think so much of our of our and there's like a there's a print a set of I don't know what we call philosophical spiritual sort of thinking uh, that's called three principles. Have you heard of that, Doug? Come across that in yoga or anything? I doesn't ring a bell. It's just sort of a i don't know fairly modern very practical thing of spirituality if you if you look it up on amazon you'll find dozens and dozens of books by it most of them by people i think because it's so simple there are a lot of like amateur authors who just you know assume they can write it and correctly assume they can write a kindle book about it and get some people to buy it and they do because it's, it's a it's a very simple you know sort of way of being but i think the the one uh principle from it that kind of jumps out at me and this is not the right use of principles because it's it's different than it sounds but the, the the concept of it that that i have taken away is that like all of our all, all the goings-on in our life all the mood we have everything is just a product of our thinking and when we have a problem usually it's not solving the problem that makes us stop uh stressing about it and and our life being ruined by it it's just that time passes and you stop thinking about it so much mm-hmm. and I think it's, I'm not, I don't read those books that much, but I read a bunch of them at one time and I I do like that. And it just, I don't know, looking back at all these different episodes, like all the titles we've done, all these topics, all these things that seemed like to me, they were the most important thing. Uh, I mean, none of them were. They, they certainly, there have been ones that last, right? Being vegan has lasted, uh, running, of course. Well, that didn't last for me that long. Lasted for the first five years of the podcast. Um... I don't know i just i just kind of think all these things play a nice part i guess you could also take the i could also look at it and say well i should i should try to stick with things longer but that's not the impression i get here it's that all these things are what i need at that time and i just i, I like the perspective that comes from knowing that yes i'm super into this thing this right now but three months from now there's going to be something else that is probably filling that role and to go back to me being moderate <laughs> it it kind of tells me like you know, just because I'm into being fruitarian one month doesn't mean I should be telling everyone, "Hey, you got to try this. This is the best thing. This is an amazing diet. It's, you're going to feel amazing." Because it, 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 chances are, whatever it is, is you're going to kind of come back to whatever your your set point is. And that doesn't mean you can't improve. Obviously, you, you can. Um, but should you even want to? That's an, that's another question. <laughs> so, I don't know. That all that all uh, had more of a point in my head as far as like a, a, a taking away moment, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I mean, I'll, there's no practical application of why that's good to know, but I feel like that, that perspective helps me.
1: I think it's good, pers- good perspective. Yeah. Okay. Kind of looking big picture and less than the, like yeah the flash, flash of the pan.
0: Yeah. But none of it's to say that those flashes in the pan are bad at all. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. mean that,
1: but yeah. anyway, how about you? Yeah, I got, I got one um, that I think uh, I'm realizing more and more as we've been doing the 10-year stuff and um, and looking back, at you know, planning for this episode and everything and just talking about it. Um, and that's this idea that uh, in order to do something, in order to do something, you need to have everything in place and have all of the knowledge and all of the gear and all of the stuff um, to be able to create something like a podcast or start running or go vegan or whatever it is that you you, you need to do all this pre-work before you actually do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what this podcast has been a clear reminder to me of and lesson for me is that the best thing you can do is just start trying, right? And I mean, because we didn't, I mean, our gear back in the day was crap and we didn't know, you know, we didn't know any best practices on podcasting. Nobody did. Right. and you know and we didn't have a real vision as we talked about you know there were months once a month and then no months and then eight in a month and you know it's kind of all over the place right. but we we started it and we began to figure it out and now we're in a good rhythm and now a couple people listen and now you know like everything's kind of fallen into place uh, and it took starting and it took struggling Mm-hmm. and kind of figuring it out, to be able to figure it out and to be able to succeed with it. And I think the same thing can be said about going vegan or, or starting a new fitness habit or um, really anything you do, whether that's making videos or starting a podcast or whatever. So um, I think that what this is a good reminder to me of and a good lesson, important lesson for me is that the best thing you can do is just start trying, even mm-hmm. if it's even if it's awful.
0: Yes, I agree with that 100%. Um, I think... Whenever I do talk to people about podcasts, which is every now and then. Someone will say, I want to do that too. They always want to have their five episodes recorded and lined up before they start putting them out. And I think that is the worst idea that you could have as far as starting a podcast. It's not a bad idea. I shouldn't say that. It's it's not a bad idea. It is Mostly it is people being afraid to start. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, is that it just seems too scary to actually... Start because you think like you're not ready, like you said, and you just learn so much when you actually do start. And then the starting usually will make you make sure that that second one happens because mm-hmm. most people, maybe everyone who have, who has ever said, "I'm going to get those five episodes before I actually begin," they never actually start because it's it's really just a way of hiding and and kind of you know making yourself not have to begin.
1: Right. So yep,
0: I love that advice. Uh, you know, there's there's something to be said for being prepared, but. But I think I think most of that stuff you can kind of learn as you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's not to say don't be prepared. Of course not. Right. But um, you know, but quit using ex- uh, equipment or um, you know knowledge. I mean, you yeah, know, quit need using a,
0: need a degree before I right. Go exactly. Do this. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Quit using those things to hide behind and as an excuse.
0: Yep. So there you go. If you've been wanting to start something, whether it's a podcast or a habit or a diet or whatever, and you've been listening for. More than three episodes, it's time to actually start, I think. (laughs) That's right. Whatever it is. Universally. There's no exception to that. (laughs) All right. Good. Uh, I think this is it, Doug. We should uh, mention what we're doing. We've been doing for this 10th anniversary thing, we've been doing a week of, I don't know, we're calling it a week of celebration. It's kind of just been fun stuff. Started out with uh, just a look back. Then we did uh, looked at the community, and you wrote up a really great post about the running groups and, and our people. And for the past couple of days, we've been doing really, really great sales on all of our stuff, uh, things that we, I don't, we just don't really do this. I mean, yes, we have little sales now and then we have flash sales, but we don't really do the like everything must go sort of sale or uh, it's not really that, but everything on the store is in, on sale. Like we just don't do that very much. So it has been fun to do it. And uh, we decided that we're going to bring it all back for one more day, which is Friday, May 17th. Um, so that, if you're listening on that day, uh, unfortunately, if you're listening after that, then you won't be able to get it. But if you're listening on that very day, um, we're going to bring it back because it's been, it's been very good. People seem to like it. And uh, you can go join the party at nomadathlete.com slash party. That's right.
1: We hope to see you there. Some really awesome deals and just a good opportunity to, I don't know, get your feet wet with some not- Nomad stuff
0: yeah and tons of stuff is five bucks by the way which is oh, yeah. which is most of it never had anything for five dollars but but we do a lot
1: of stuff so go check that out absolutely all, all right. right good well well this was fun nice little trip down memory lane it sure was thanks everybody for joining us we'll be back next week to do it again you can hear the train passing through town
0: i hear that just like our podcast right just keeps chugging along
1: <laughs> chugging along <laughs> choo-choo there
0: we go